Soul Severance Podcast back again with another immaculate guest. I say immaculate because this next guest we have on this episode has many titles. She's a she's a singer. She's she's also a content creator. She's also a realtor. She just does, does so many great things. I see on her social media pages. But yeah, y'all give it up right now for our immaculate guest, Miss Skylar Harris. How you doing? I am so good, friend. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> oh no, don't be nervous on here. Listen, I tell people all the time. I count I count my fingers still. So there's no reason to be nervous <laughs> with me. I, I still when I go to go, it's like carry the and now the math, the new math now. The kids got new math now, so it's like they don't even carry the two no more. I don't think so. It's even bad for me because I'm not good at math. So if that helps a little bit, <laughs> put you at ease. I, right. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on uh, my pod, on So Savage Podcast. I usually start out uh, asking questions. Uh, usually, uh, if I have musical guests on, it's usually, I call it the musical genesis. It's kind of blasphemous, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just feels right to do it. But I'll get to the genesis of your story. What What came first for you in terms of the things that I guess you're doing now, the different interests you have and the different uh, career field you have now, what, what interests you first? Was it music? Was it singing? Cause I'm sure you grew up singing in church cause you have, you have that, that, that great tone. I'm like definitely raised in church. Did that start for you singing in church or what, what, uh, brought upon your, your love of music? That is, that is a, a really, really great question. Um, and I, I, I like that you thought of the musical genesis cause it did start in church. Um, to be honest with you, I tell everybody, like, in my church I grew up in, you had to, like, I, I love the church choir, right? Like, the the altos to me were celebrities. <laughs> like, I wanted to be one of them. Um, but at my home church, you couldn't get baptized. Um, you couldn't be in the choir until you got baptized. Like, right hand to God, the only reason I first even said, Mama, I'm ready, <laughs> was because I wanted to be in the choir. Um, and so, I would say, yeah, music came first, and up until maybe like the last two or three years, it was the main thing that I, I honestly thought that I had to kind of offer the world. So, which, yeah, yeah, music came first. So, like I said, I, I, I grew up in the alto section. That's what I started singing in the choir first before I started venturing out being a musician. But the choir, it was mostly, that's where my voice felt natural at was alto, but then as you you know, like when you're in a choir, some people don't show up to practice and you got to be, they move you over to soprano, move you over to tenor, you everywhere. And if you can yeah. adapt to that, I I got to a point where I could like memorize, like they call it perfect pitch, that that term. Do you have perfect pitch? Um, Okay, it depends because I've heard people refer to perfect pitches like they can like, they can hear something and say that's C or that's G. I can't do that. But if I hear it once, I can do it. I, yeah, I can it's, do it. yeah, no, it's mostly just like if you hear a note, 
And you know, like if you heard the song, you know exactly where that note is in the song without even hearing it. That's what okay, that yes, means. Yes, 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 yeah. Because it sounds like it, because you be, because I, I, I'm kind of skipping forward to your videos. I was going to save that a little bit down the line, but when you be singing in your videos, I'm like, damn, she got a good pitch. I was like, man, don't, no, don't nobody ever get it like right off the bat. You just be off the cuff singing, but we'll get to that later. But uh, your childhood upbringing, oh, no problem. Uh, your childhood upbringing, what what was it because for me i feel like i don't know if it's a scientific theory behind this but i just feel like it's just certain ages like from like nine to 12 years old when you're a kid it's just certain eras that stick with you like for me i'm 80s all the way so i grew up on bon jovi uh melissa morgan it was just just a plethora of prince rick james that's my era uh mickey howard vesta williams those are all my singers you say what now did you know that Mickey was my cousin? I was gonna get to that. That was another <laughs> question I was gonna ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I was gonna get to that. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh man, this is oh we can't even go down her. I can go down the, the legendary caravans. Oh my god, it's just it's just, uh, just illustrious. You co- I was gonna I was gonna get to that. Uh, okay. Tied into my next question. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> But uh, Anita Baker, I got on the Razor Anita Baker t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, that's just, uh, it's just for me, that's just a comfort level. So uh, what is, is there an era that that sticks with you yes. in terms of music? Yes. So it's funny you said from 9 to 12, because for me, I can remember, the like, of course, I grew up singing in church, but R&B music is my, like, ugh. And the first CD I ever bought with my own money, was Monica's The Boy Is Mine album. Came out in 98. <laughs> uh, I was seven. I was seven when that album came out. And I, Angel of Mine specifically, there was a CD. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. practiced that in the mirror every day. To the point my mm-hmm. mother told me, like, I can't even listen to this song no more. Because, baby, when I say I isn't thinking this song, I used to be in the mirror. <laughs> So yeah, I would say like the from like '98 to about mm, 2003, that R&B era of like the Usher's Confessions album, um, TLC's mm-hmm. Fan Mail album, like that was that was just uh, that era. Like I can get lost, I can get lost in that music still. Yeah, but now it's... my mom and my dad are big Anita Baker fans, so I do know mm-hmm. I did grow up on a lot of them. See back then. People don't, uh, kids uh, don't understand now is that we were, I guess some kids are still, but it, it was just a different comment because now they got their tablets and they, their phones and so they can put their headphones in if they won't listen to music. We were, growing up like 80s, 90s, you were literally forced to listen to whatever songs that your, either your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your mother, your father, whatever they listened to. So a lot of the stuff, I had a mix of it because my grandmother, my grandfather, they would listen to like Marvin Gaye, Bobby Womack, Otis Redding, and so I picked that up when I be in the car with them. That's what I'm listening to, and my grandma listened to Shirley Caesar and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the Hawkins singers. The yeah. you know all of, she listened to all that, and then my, I, I listened to my, my uncles and aunts. They in their twenties, so they heathens. They listen to Cash Money, Take Over for Night Nine Two Thousand, listen to uh, Three Six Mafia. So I'm listening to all that, and so it's just a, a different. Um, experience with music than these kids have now and we had to actually go into the store and buy the music what no oh this streams on friday no you had like we i remember like you said you you remember 
buying your first purchase being the Monica album. I remember my first purchase by myself, saving up my allowance money, was Jesse Powell's Bow the album. And I wore that tape out. Like like when they say make the cassette pop, I made that cassette pop. I listened to it like back and forth. And most people don't even know Jesse Powell. They know the one song, You, but he had yeah. hits before then. But yeah, it was just, you had to yeah. be in the 90s to know that music when it came out and when it was released. And but, the way that music like transported you to just like, like even music was just so much more intentional. Like the music video, like I remember the first music video I fell in love with. Like it was intentional. And like now I like that you said, like kids now they can get on the tablet. Like they don't have to be like fully invested in the artist. Right the way we had to be like they can just go and bounce around oh, I don't like it I, I'm, it's okay it's stream but no like you spent your money on that album you played that album you learned every single song on that album and you got on your friend's nerves talking about it cause mm-hmm. I know my sister I wore Monica out I wore Monica out <laughs> <laughs> to this day like Monica is like top like she's up there for me when it comes to just like I always tell people like I learned how bad lived from listening to Monica because her ad-libs were always so, like, from her heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And she just had this way of, like, with her ballads, like, I, I'm just not supposed to be a Monica fan moment, but it just, like, uh, the album. Hey, that's what we do on this podcast. We just talk, we get into <laughs> little musical riffs, and we just start talking about music. That's why I love to have you on, because I was like, yo, she's, like, well-rounded in the music. She, Her father's teaching her. She has the, like you mentioned, with Mickey Howard, that musical connection. The, the you speaking of music videos, uh, it was my going to be my next segue to the next question I had. Because mm-hmm. for me, growing up, it was like music videos was life. Like you would like mm-hmm. I would watch Beach with with Donnie Simpson and Sherry Carter. Oh my God, I would religiously watch it, put it on VHS tape. I'm telling my <laughs> age to all the young listeners, we actually recorded stuff on a VHS tape and saved it to watch it when we got home from school. And all I wanted to be was a background dancer in a bad boy video. That was it. Just dance like Mary J. Blige and bop like Diddy in the video. That's all I wanted. Memorize the dance choreography in a total video or (laughs) in any of those videos, just, just, uh, just memorize it. So I didn't have any goals in my life, clearly. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't work out. I could still dance though, but you know, not that yeah. good. Not making the stallion knees good, but it, you know, I could do a little bit. But the next question yeah. I had was, what was your aspirations in that age range of like when you were, I guess, adolescent age? Was it aspiring to be a singer, or what? What? What, what did you envision for yourself as you got older and what you wanted to do? So I had this like dual dream of being a singer, but also being like a talk show and to be honest, like, I, I don't really have so much go to your singer now, but the talk show is still very much on my, it's still very much on my list. But yeah, I, 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 I saw myself as this, like, renaissance woman that did everything, really, like, did everything. Um, and so I used to, like, my sister and I would, like, put on little shows, like, for our family and stuff like that. Like, not because, now, we didn't have family that was like, here they go. We had family that was like, here they come again, you know? Oh. Um, but we, we, um, <laughs> we, lo- we loved, like, putting on award shows and, like, variety shows. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, singing or doing some type of performing, but also hosting. It's, it's, those are my big dreams. Nice. 
And speaking of the family connection, you mentioned Mickey Howard. I was going to talk about that a little bit in terms of your mother and father. How do, how does that connection work with uh, those those that musical lineage? Um, how does that connect for you? It's crazy because I had a family with musical on both sides, and it's um, it's still kind of like something I've been unpacking because like I didn't really grow up like so. His grandmother and my grandmother were sisters. So my grandmother is alive. Her grandmother has passed on. Um, But so my Aunt Willie, which obviously that's her grandma, um, Aunt Willie was Josephine's mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and then on my my dad's side, my, my, it's funny, my my mom's side is like that. I guess the caravans is that gospel connection with Josephine, but more so R&B soul. like I have a lot of cousins that DJed and stuff like that. On my dad's side was like Church of God in Christ, gospel quartets. My grandfather, like he had a singing group and they were like, they make, he has like a street named after him somewhere in Arkansas, like, well not somewhere in West Memphis, Arkansas. Um, and so they, yeah, but it's interesting because none of my siblings, neither of my other siblings sing on either side. Mm-hmm. So I've been really blessed to be the musical one of each set and uh, I think having that like R&B soul love like true love for it but also like the gospel and then like jazz on my dad's side is really like it's, it's really a blessing that I'm, it's still something I'm kind of still tapping into and as I learn more about like my family and like I'm really big into ancestry so as I learn more about that it's something I'm kind of unpacking yeah Mickey, uh, Mickey Howard, just just her career alone is just, and I think you know people from that era appreciate it, but I think us that was born like if we had parents that was like your parents were born in the '60s and '70s, like that kind of carried down that, so it felt like we was raised by Mickey Howard because we grew up in that era when she was popping off, and so that her voice to me it was like of course it was church but it was like such a divine gift to hear because she was so versatile with jazz music and that's when i really started appreciating um i remember watching that uh that spike lee movie and she was playing billy holiday in the movie mm-hmm. and that's when i was like oh man i remember watching that uh that little part as a kid and just was like oh my god she's yeah. incredible but yeah, yeah her her discography and just her catalog is just phenomenal and the caravans I always appreciated in the history reason why I made that always try to find the musical dots with singers and so when I look at a singer I always look at what their inspiration is and where their lineage came from and that's when I found the caravans I'm like and then the caravans I'm starting to find other groups like Pilgrim Jubilee certain uh, siblings that sing together whether they're a gospel group or R&B group that if they've sung together long enough their, their blends are so tight because they've, yes. they've been singing so, together so long. And I, that's why oh. I feel like the caravans was like, when you hear it, it's like all of them are singing one note, but yes. you know, it don't sound individual, you know, it's yeah. just it, cause they've been doing it so long and practicing yes. so long. It all just yeah. comes together. But uh, the next question I have is, is just more in terms of like, like you said, talking about finding uh, just that following that musical lineage. I, always, I Like I said before, I always try to find that common thread of singers like with stevie wonder it's like so many singers under him like charlie wilson it's like uh you see aaron hall say who now i would put pj morton under him too oh yeah for sure for sure 
Yeah, and Hathaway, it's like a music. I, I call it a musical branch of different uh, roots of that tree just keeps growing. And like I said, Aaron Hall, uh, Charlie Wilson, you said PJ Moore, Donnie Hathaway, I'll put all mm-hmm. that under that branch because they all had that certain tone to their voice and just like yes. Prince always followed the line and not necessarily just vocal rec- replicate is just the musician side of him. I was like, oh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Santana. It's just that, is there any artist like, do you, is there a certain artist particular like you would follow, like you like, like you said, Monica, did you trace like who her favorite artists were? Have you ever been in a space where you like look up your favorite yeah, artist's favorite artist. I discovered Phyllis Hyman because of my Woo. love for Jasmine Sullivan. So when Jasmine Sullivan first like got like, I guess when she made it down south, so like 04, 05, mm-hmm. um, some of the like big kids, the big kids at church put me on Jasmine <laughs> Sullivan. And so I was looking her up and in her interview, she said that she was really inspired by Phyllis Hyman. I had never heard, I honestly had never heard of Phyllis Hyman. So I was like, oh, I got to learn every Phyllis Hyman song. So when I was like 14, my mama thought something, my mama thought I was like going through a breakup or sad because I would, I would listen to old friends and give me one good reason to stay over and over again. But yeah, like, I, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. And that's cool how you can, how you like can, you know, how you've decided to do that, not decided to do it, but how you do that because every artist is inspired by somebody and I think that most artists I know me I want you to be able to hear me and say oh it sounds like she was inspired by blah 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 you know I like yeah. that because I've taken time to hone my craft you know like I've taken mm-hmm. time to get to know my voice and to figure out like what works for it and what doesn't and I've been heavily inspired by certain artists so yeah like I think that I think that just shows your appreciation for music and also like your appreciation for music influencing the next generation because it should yeah thank you i appreciate that it it was just mostly because i'm a professional musician and so when i came into it it was just one of my friends was like hey i got a studio session for you didn't know what it was he just called me one day mind you was for a, a parenting record label and so i'm not realizing i'm actually get paid to do this and so with that I did that for a couple years and then I got it. It wasn't until I got in church. That's when it was like, oh, I don't really under, cause I understood theory with jazz and classical music. That's all I knew. But gospel was like a whole nother thing. And it was like mostly improv cause you in church and you just going off the feeling of the singers, the song only like four minutes long and it go like 10 minutes in church. Yes. And it's like, you gotta learn how to, but then I realized like, oh, this is like jazz. And so when mm-hmm. I would be in church, I would take, like, cause I couldn't understand gospel music. It wasn't until I heard R&B songs that I always played on when I would listen to, like I would listen to intro, Prince, and even Too Short. I know some of the saints gonna get mad I say that, but I would take all the songs and play it cause that's the only way I could learn how to play it. I'm like, oh, these are all church chords. And that's when I started understanding blues. I'm like, oh, this is a three, four, five. I'm like, oh, that's gospel. That's that's how I understand it. And then it just got into a web of where I just took everybody's discography that I like and just got immersed into it. Like with Rick James, I read his book and he was such a jazz fan. And I was like, let me see, listen to this artist, listen to this artist. And it just kept, I just kept doing that. But I appreciate you saying that. But yeah, it's just, music is just such a, it's so, it's so, I, I call soul music genreless 
And so like Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, like all those artists are uh, soul music to me. So I never yes. really put put the R&B title on anybody. But you said that R&B was your favorite genre growing up. Did you ever venture out to any other genres as you were growing up or wasn't it until you got of age where you started to listen to other no, music? I, I, uh, <laughs> I, once I discovered LimeWire, it was over. Okay, I'm talking about listening <laughs> to everything. She took it back with that one, y'all. For real. LimeWire. Yeah. Shout out to all the, the, the virus infected computers because they was, they was lighting our computers up. The Windows 95 computers up. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill Cosby, you it'd be listen to the young kids under uh, thirty. You don't understand, or even twenty five, under twenty five. You don't understand how tragic it was when you would sit through a whole five ten minute download just to hear Bill Cosby. I mean, not Bill Cosby. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> I don't even know if that was his voice. It was just somebody imitating him. Yeah. Or, or you hear AOL through the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, now I gotta get rid of the song. Oh my God! You just took me back. It was yeah. I made so many. Uh, listen, it, I don't think we can get they can press charges on us now, but yeah, it was a lot like, of mixed CDs that I was selling happened. off of Lamar. Right? It never it happened. Never happened. <laughs> we're gonna delete this. We're gonna delete this audio if if they still pending on charges on right, <laughs> on that. But, right. but so no, um, so the first country music I ever fell in, first song first country song I ever fell in love with was how um I'm not supposed to love you anymore by Brian Adams oh um, I nice. loved I loved R&B but I really just liked music and I always think like it was such a blessing growing up like in the in the 90s and 2000s because we had TRL and mm-hmm. with TRL like it, it it introduced all of us to new genres of music because if I'm waiting to see Usher and I know he's gonna be number one. Then I gotta sit mm-hmm. through Blink 182. I gotta yep. sit through Shania Twain. I gotta sit through all of that. And so we all learned this appreciation for music because it was it was accessible to us in the same way that it is for the kids now. But we also we built our like we built our culture around music, like our lives, like Think about all the other friends you had that were fans of your favorite artists. Like when we would, I remember bringing posters to school and trading posters because I knew, like I went through this big like Craig David phase. Like I remember one of my friends bringing me a Craig David for poster in exchange for a B2K poster. Like it was right. like we bonded over music. And so, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, no, I lo- I've always loved our genres and mom because like you said, we have to listen to whatever our parents listen to. My mama loves jazz. Mm-hmm. loves jazz um and so like like the church i grew up in at home my, my home church was kirk Whalem's dad's church okay so like kirk i i call him unk like that like i grew up on his music too and so like i was telling like a lot of like the choices you will hear me do like in music in my mind it's like a saxophone because mm-hmm. a saxophone knows the melody of the song but they don't they don't play it they don't they play around it but they, mm-hmm. they get back to the note. And like that's sometimes when I'm just playing around, that's mm-hmm. what I envision is like, I'm like a saxophone. My voice is a is an instrument. Similar to, I think Anita Baker is a good example of that. She yes. sounds like a trumpet to me. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And shout outs to Kirk Whalum. He's literally one of my favorite. If I had a top 10, he's in my top 10. I just remember, like I said, I used to watch TV a lot as a kid. That was just 
it was just back then, it was just, that's what you did when you was a kid, was just watch yeah. TV. And I remember watching Arsenio Hall in the back end for Whitney Houston. And then yeah. just certain, uh, certain uh, songs he would do with her and he would have those solo moments. I was like, man, it was killing. But yeah, when you just said that the voice replica of an instrument, like again, with Anita Baker, I say the same thing about Shaka Khan. Cause her voice literally sounds like a horn instrument to me. And it's like the power in it, the way she can, and she plays with the notes. Like she, and, and even with her ad libs, like I know, like even with Vesta Williams, that's what I said, like that's what I said about uh, tracking the musical lineage, like Vesta Williams, she sung background for Shaka. So I hear those, I hear those little essence and just like with Lisa Fisher, she's uh she's on background for shopping. So much so, sense. Yeah, so I always trace that that was always my my love of music is just tracing the background as well, not just with musicians but with singers as well. And Shaka's voice, man, it just sounds like and also Rasan Patterson, he he his voice, he does the same type of things with his voice that Shaka does and it sounds like a horn instrument to me. Because he plays in that jazz realm a lot and that that but yeah, I go on whole tangent about. So them. is that what you play? You play horn? What you play? Oh no, I play the drums. I play the keys. I play the bass and the guitar. Nice. I have my bass over here. Got to get tuned up. But yeah, I got yeah. yeah, I got a lot of instruments. But yeah, mostly the the gigs that pay. You got you got to learn multiple because that's you know somebody you always need. A, a, they always need a keyboard player. I do background mm -hmm. vocals too. You got to learn how to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> But that was my next question I was going to ask in terms of music. Did you ever want to pr uh, pursue it professionally or are you just comfortable with just doing it for uh, spiritual reasonings? So I, my goal was to be a singer. Um, so in 2017, I was on The Voice. Uh, no chairs turned around and I thought my life was over. <laughs> and like, I was like... Oh, man. Life is over for me because the only thing I know that I'm good at is singing. And um, it wasn't until then that I like, and it, I mean, life stuff happened too. So like, and like, and I would say, let me rewind. So I wanted to be a singer, like, but I was interested in just pursuing my career. So I got to college 2008 uh, and um, I was pursuing a degree in journalism. And um, then I, I was performing too. So I did a lot, I did like a lot of talent shows and stuff like that on campus. Like Neo Soul was real big when I first got here. So, you know, mm -hmm. all the little soul nights. Um, and the, it was the, goal. <laughs> the goal, you know how it was, the goal was- A lot of Jill Scott the ways. Uh, I think I, 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 I was good on that song Brown for good. Was my oh yeah. <laughs> I used to, I performed that song so many places. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I was performing and then I stopped. I got I, I was in a I got involved in an abusive relationship. I stopped doing anything. Like I just, you know, really honestly like isolation and survival mode. Um and so once that kind of that was until about 2012. So anyways, 2012 until about 2015, 16, I was only singing karaoke. Um I went to see the color purple on Broadway in 2016. It was June. And I saw Heather Haley play Sugar Gabriel, and I said, I want to play that part. Well, Jennifer Hudson had just played it, like right before her. And so I was like, okay, I, literally, this is in a hotel, in the hotel in, um, 
in, in New York. Actually, I was staying, ah, ironically, staying at the Renaissance. Um, and uh, so I was staying at the Renaissance, and I decided, I was like, I'm going to go home and make this vision board because I'm going to take the Jennifer Hudson path. She, like, literally, this is, I was like, I'm going to be on a TV, I'm going to be on a singing TV show. And even if I don't, I'm going to be myself. And even if I don't win, like, I'm going to make a name for myself. As a singer, that was the goal. Well, when I went and did The Voice, and they didn't turn around, I was like, okay. I was at least expecting to be on the show for a few episodes, you know. And so, which even then, like, The Voice reaching out to me right after that was literally magic because it, should, it, it was literally weeks after I had said that out loud at the, at the Renaissance Hotel. So anyway, um, when I watched myself on the show, though, I was like, I'm way happier than that. And I was like looking at myself and I really didn't recognize myself because to me, I was like, I look so sad. I look so broken. And I felt like I wasn't myself on the show. And so at that point, I was like, I'm done with music. I'm not going to sing no more. I'm just going to focus on becoming a better me. And so that's what I did. And I didn't even mean to start back singing. I sang in my car one day on Instagram while I was telling a joke and then it just kind of happened, you know, and okay. uh, I just really started praying on a way to integrate like my music with my desire to like really help people like be better because I, I've seen, I've seen myself on the end of like, I look miserable and now I'm seeing myself walking in joy and it's like, I want to share that with as many people as I can. And what I'm finding is that music really a lot of times is the gateway for me to do that. Right. I, I want to track back a little bit what you said. You said you went to school for journalism. What mm -hmm. uh, What made you want to do that? In, <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> Oprah. So said, Oprah? I told you I wanted to be a talk show host. Oh, okay. And so when I, I, I was like, okay, there is no degree in being a talk show host. But you could be a news reporter first, and then work it like live, that was that was the the, the vision. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, what is there anything in particular? Because for me, when I went to school, I went to school for journalism too, and for me, it was a uh, it was weird in the beginning because uh, the you know advisors they be suggesting stuff for you, and you'd be like, "What?" Because they suggested me go to speech class. And I was like, what does speech got to do with journey? I was looking at that lady like, what is you talking about? That was the speech and, and writing don't go together. And she's like, no, uh -huh. just just go there. And I remember taking the class and the professor, he was so hard on us. And it was hard. I thought I was a good speaker until I started doing it. And he was like, no, you're not using notes. He's like, if you have notes, you're just going off of one word or thesis statement, but you're not about to write a whole paragraph. And that helped me. I was like, oh, man, because I would get up there and blank. It was like I had mm -hmm. what I wanted. And then when I get to the conclusion, I would freeze up. And every time he was like, you need to work on the end and work on the end. And I was like, dang. I was like, he yeah. keep riding me. And then one day, I, I, I worked hard on this one part. And I had the flash drive. I was like, okay, I'm going to kill him with this because it had to be a visual <laughs> presentation. I was like, I'm going to kill it. And then I got got in front of it, and I realized I left my flash drive at home. I was like, oh, man. And it was a zero or 100. Either, either you had it or you didn't. And I was like, oh, man. And then he was going to Alphabet. So my last name starts with G. So it was like maybe three or four more people in front of me. I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't think of something. And then <laughs> my, we were in another building. Thankfully, it was another building we were in because they were renovating the, other, the school. And so 
I was like, okay, I'll just use this computer because his professor, the, the classroom we, we were in never had a computer. I was like, okay, my, my presentation is on a computer about eyesight. And I was like, I'm going to use somebody in the crowd to, to show like how you're supposed to sit at a computer. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And then I would just make people laugh and I was just saying stuff off the cuff and I was just flowing with it. And he was just sitting there writing notes and he kind of smirked a little bit when I was making jokes. And then he gave me a hundred. I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. That's yeah. why I realized like writing in college, I was like little stuff like that. I learned, even though I didn't finish, I'm a college dropout to the listeners. Same. I didn't finish, I'm but, <laughs> but it was like those little things helped me figure out that I could actually do it. Cause him writing me made me realize like, oh, I actually want to be a writer. Cause we would yes. write like all the time in English, uh, literature i was like oh man i could do this because I, I was just sitting right it, did you have that same experience in college i did so not in not with the speech situation but so okay so when i first got to school and i just like that summer the summer not the, that summer after my freshman year of college um i had i had honestly like made friends with a news reporter news anchor in my city when i was a kid like i just asked her to be my mentor and she's like okay <laughs> And so she got me like, a, she let me come and shadow her at the news station. And when I came in, I was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, this, this don't seem fun. They had me listen right. to a police scanner. I was like, man, I'm not doing this. This ain't even fun. This ain't interesting. This ain't nowhere near Oprah, so I'm good. So I was like, I'm going to get a regular degree. And so I took an African-American studies class. And my professor, like, just, Dr. Bakari, he just was so, like, he opened my, like, I grew up in Memphis, so I always thought I was, like, pro-black, because I'm like, I grew up around blackness, but he helped me to really understand the power that was in my blackness, but not just my blackness, and even now, I'm understanding it more Mm -hmm. as I'm older, Um, but just in my power of being, like, a black woman, and I tell you, like, there's, there's seeds that were planted in his class that still influence, like, what I put out, or why I put out the things that I put out, um, and it's always like the reason I dropped out I called my mom I was like hey so uh, I don't think I'm gonna stay here because I was like I'm gonna stay here in this city I'm not coming home <laughs> right. I'm gonna get a job I was like but uh, I, I really need to find myself and my mom was like you right. better find yourself in somebody's class <laughs> <laughs> right and, uh, but I feel I, I, I felt like we were treating college like like an assembly line, like it's supposed mm-hmm. to just, you know, go in one way and come out another. And it's like, I'm supposed to be figuring out more who I am. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I was able to take what, and you too, take what we could from the experience. But everybody's now, do I want my doctor to go to college? Yes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I have to for what I want to do, you know? Right. And I think that it's helped me to really, really, yeah, get to know myself because being a college dropout, remember when it was, now you can be a college dropout and get a good job, but you remember when we when we oh went man, school? listen that was <laughs> you needed at least a bachelor's degree just to get a, a decent job. It was yeah. that was the requirement. <laughs> yes, and so it was like a for real in the trenches kind of experience. But right once you get to that place with yourself, it's nothing you can't do. Like after that, it's nothing you can't do. Like nothing scares me about being in the trenches by myself anymore. You know. Because I've, right. I've had to do it too many times. 
you. Well, hey, God, I'm good. I don't need to do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. I just had the I'm same good. conversation. I was like, all right, God, I don't need no more, no lessons. I see you. I get you. <laughs> no, um, get, you you, sp- you spoke of Memphis, being from Memphis. Um, y'all have such a rich history with, with music. And you're going from Chess Records, Stax Records, just those legendary uh composers and producers like you know isaac hayes you know all the great music he did even high records uh willie mitchell you know the al green records uh ob wright um seal johnson that's uh selena johnson's uh, father restoring him uh just really great i i love high records because i i just love they were like stacks and chess records were sort of like competing with Motown in terms of trying to create pop records. But I feel like high records was that real Memphis. soul cause them cats came from like M- Mississippi type of singers. They did like that quartet style yeah. singing. Like I have, so right. many my, I have yeah. a lot of uh, my Aunt Willie's records. My grandma recently gave them to me and she has so many, I'm still going through but she has so many mm-hmm. 45s. From, mm-hmm. from them and she just yeah and so I've been like really delving into these like because I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't grow up on them, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that but yeah Memphis has such a rich history like I said with those <clears throat> excuse me legendary record labels what, what what's that like uh knowing you come from a place that has that much rich history with in terms of uh music you know I think what, well, what I like the most about it is that it's very obvious that I think that Memphians, I mean, and I'm partial, obviously, but <laughs> I think that Memphians are natural, like, innovators, like, because a lot of us really had to just make it, make a way out of no way, you know, like, and so I think that that comes out in the music because, like, going back to what you and I talked about earlier about, like, just the inspiration, it's so obvious, no matter the genre, that Memphis musicians respect the craft of their music. And mm-hmm. so like one of my most one of my favorite Memphis musicians, and it's probably so unexpected for me to say this, but Lil Chat is my absolute like when I say I'm a diehard Lil Chat fan. And mm-hmm. I and I love listening to her because like for example, Lil Chat has a song called Tell Me Anything. It's an Anita Baker mm-hmm. sample. Mm-hmm. And but the way that Memphis rappers ride the beat is musical. The way mm-hmm. that they change for example, um don't call me no more by Project Pat. Yeah. So, ah. It's so me. Taking music, me back. The artists now, they will get in the booth and say one thing and they just loop it. But the mm-hmm. way it's so, it's so intentional the way like Project Pat goes like, don't call me no more when don't, don't text don't, me no more. Me like, more. Right. He's, he's singing. And when you listen, little chat, um, she got a song. I don't trust them, but uh, I, well, I can't say that. She can't go here. We free. We uncensored on Soul Sand Fire. Yeah. Let it go. Let it free. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. it's intentional, and there is just that appreciation for music 
that's in there no matter who the no matter who the artist is like and i'm, I'm speaking on memphis hip-hop just because i think that it like I, i'm glad we're getting our flowers now but it's like mm-hmm. come on we, we really been doing this you know right um and it's all again like you said falling under that that branch that umbrella of just the soul that is already in memphis and it, it's already there Absolutely. And you're hitting on, like I said, I hate to keep referencing back because people are like, oh, they go with that old shit. I don't want to keep referencing like how it was back then, but it was just a simpler time. Like with hip hop for us, like growing up, it was it was music that we weren't supposed to be listening to. And we go to record store, the explicit rap. It was in a whole other section from in the music store. Like you had to actually ask for it. Or if they had it behind the counter, you had to ask yeah. for rap. Like, mm-hmm. and even with talking about uh, Juicy J, Three Six Mafia, I heard them in the streets first before I heard them on the radio. It was like, cause that's cause I I grew up in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma, and the population is uh, back then I think it was twenty three thousand. It's pretty. It's like a small city. It's not. It's not real big. It's not real small. Like a five thousand, seven thousand population, but. We, we were like the connection between like Texas, like in Midwest rap. So we got a lot of Chicago. We got a lot of Midwest rap, like with Bone Thugs and Harmony, Twister, that whole area in Memphis is so close to Chicago. So we got all that music. So if it hit the streets, like everybody had it. And if it was yeah. hot, like everybody had the streets. Like I heard uh, UGK before they came out, Too Short before he came out. We heard, uh, like I said, Twista, all those, Do or Die in Chicago. Like, we heard all those rappers, even uh, uh, Slim Thug and uh, uh, Little Flip. We heard all, Flip was hot in the streets. People don't even know, like, his mixtapes was hot in the streets. That's what I'm saying. You had to be there <laughs> to experience it. So, whenever, but yeah. I think that the. And this just this just occurred to me. But like I, I feel like back then the art now we're so overexposed to everything. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that it's hard for unless you are really rooted in who you are and what you do, it's hard mm-hmm. not to be influenced by those other sounds, those other people, what's hot, what's popular. And I think that when when folks was making music in their garage in they in they grandmama basement like you didn't have other people's music to be like oh this hot right now i need to make something that's just like this you had to put put whatever you were feeling out you know whatever you and so like the rappers who did get hot like we we felt them like we we felt them it didn't matter if they had we didn't care about how popular they were even if like remember how you used to ride for a new artist when you'd be like, no, yeah. bro, he, he hard. Like, you got to hear her. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard Meg Thee Stallion. I heard her. Yeah. I heard Meg Thee Stallion in 20, I don't know when it was, but some girl was doing my hair. And this was when I was wearing weeds. So I know it was a while ago. This girl, <laughs> and I was like, who is that? But I said, she sound, I said, she ride the beat like chat. Where is she from? Because right. if you listen to how she, like, especially, like how you said you was influenced by Too Short. Like mm-hmm. you can hear that in that's how Meg, I get influenced by her 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 freestyles all the time. Bless the blue yeah. freestyle. Because mm-hmm. you can just hear the like the, 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 the. like I I appreciate music when I especially when I can tell that the person creating that music did it from their heart. Exactly. You and, and again with Megan the Stallion, I I knew I'm a- 
I'm like, she gotta be influenced by Pimp C. Cause I'm like, the way she's spitting, I'm like, that's how he used to talk on record. And then come to find out, that was her main influence. And the way how lyrical she was on top of the flow, she was lyrical. And I was like, and she was like, Biggie was her, Biggie and uh, Pimp C was her top favorite artist. I was like, that makes sense. That's why I like it. Cause I love you, UGK. And yeah, it just falling in line. But I think it was a freestyle hers I heard first. It was on a, a Houston radio show. She was rapping over Biggie's, uh, was it Big Papa? Yeah, she's doing uh, rapping over Big Papa. I was like, I like this. Cause, and then yeah. a lot of people try to judge and try to throw the church thing out there. I'm like, man, listen, we. I, I think it's mostly those that are having an identity crisis in a... <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I examine, I, I watch social media a lot and I just observe the comment section. I think it's mostly ones that's having identity crisis with getting older in their 30s and approaching 40, if they're already in their 40s, they don't, they don't, they, they weren't able to express themselves that way. Uh, e- either the way they dress because of church culture, because if you grew up where I grew up, you couldn't wear pants in church and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or wear mm-hmm. lipstick and all that other stuff. And so when they see these young girls doing that, they they feel a type of way. But I I embrace it all because I'm like that's that that's just another generation just finding themselves in the Trinas and the little Kims did it, and they're kind of yeah, still yeah. following along that line. But then they still being themselves. And I'm like, y'all yeah. say y'all want real rap to come back. And then when they start being authentic, leave them and just expressing. Because she's in her 20s. That's what you're supposed to do is be talking right. about right. Uh, get money, doing this. You know, you're supposed to be talking about right. this it's stuff. Right, it's like, uh, you, yeah. okay, freak me. <laughs> <laughs> right, they forget all about that. Like, let us not forget. <laughs> like, Two Live Crew wasn't a whole... <laughs> Wasn't a yeah. whole thing. What y'all went out here popping and everything, <laughs> right? Like, there's a reason those songs was number one. It just yes. wasn't no followers and no Instagram exactly. stories to catch you. Why you? I want to. I want to. We saw. You know you was out there, right? You know you was out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And get the the next question I was going to ask in terms of because I always say like. It's certain you you told something personal that happened to you on your journey uh, in between uh, the voice situation and that happening. What's the the thought process after going through something like that? What what's because for me, um, going through the darkness, I hate it gives you strength in a way. Honestly, for me, my strength would come in in terms of like losing people that I cared about, and it because it happened in a weird time when you just like you just thinking about yourself you don't really look at life like oh this is me living it or whatever things happen but when personal tragedies and certain things happen to you that trigger you and create trauma in you i found kind of strength in that and it was sort of put me on a a a journey of self-reflecting and really understanding and processing people's emotions and how to how to take in realities that has uh, stuff like that in terms of what you brought up uh, earlier. How how did that help transform you in terms of not not just I guess spiritually but just mental? How how do you process that and get through the good of it? You know, it was that was a that was years that I feel like I, I it took like I feel like it took years and more like tragedy for me to like really get it but Mm -hmm. um 
I, I, I would say the, the first thing was re like was repurposing it. Like, um, I, somebody, when I got, when I got back from doing the voice, like I said, they didn't turn around. And so I was embarrassed when it aired. And then I started mm. getting all these emails from people about like, you were so brave to talk about domestic violence because I had never shared about it with anybody really in my life uh, mm-hmm. because I was embarrassed. And mm-hmm. I didn't share this part, but two days before I was supposed to go out to do the voice, my older sister was killed in San Diego by her boyfriend. And okay. I had no intention up until that point to talk about domestic violence on the voice. Um, and but when that happened, when Arnisha was killed, um, and I remember like my sister didn't know my experience, none of us knew her experience. And I was here to tell about mine. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? There is a reason they invited me on this show. And it's and, and, and it's and still to this moment, it blows my mind that God would use a situation where I go on a show called The Voice to help me find mine because mm-hmm. I had no intentions on being a speaker. So when I got back and the show aired and I started getting these emails about speaking engagements and interviews, it just was it was like they what do they want to talk to me about? And I remember, like, one day I was just, like, on my way to a speaking engagement, and I just felt God say, like, nothing you go through is for you. And so I say that all the time now, like, nothing that you go through is for you. Like, God is not a, he is not an unjust God. Like, he does not dislike any of us, right? He might dislike our behavior, but he does not not love any of us. And so if God loves me, why would he send me through a storm except for me to use it so that somebody else doesn't have to experience it? And so I think that like being able to really repurpose it and be able to say, okay, how can I use this? That, that being, I always tell people, God only needs a yes. My willingness to walk into rooms and say this happened and I'm still figuring it out, but I'm not there anymore. And that there is life on the other side. There's something about me saying yes to that, that introduced me to like, no, like you have, like, you don't just have a passion for not seeing women get go through experiences like this now i'm able to find passion in helping somebody rebuild them like rebuild their lives for themselves mm-hmm. you know like really tap into who they are because not like none of me doing this would be would be without the tr- without my experience with domestic violence without the voice telling me no without breakups like all of those things like have been encompassed to you know it's like we I could go on and on, but we, we, we really do just, we really do have our platforms handed to us if we're willing to just say yes to using it in service instead of resting and sitting in the pity of, oh, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Man, you says you, that it, it touches me like deeply when I hear stories like this, because a lot of people don't know how to tap those emotions without it being the opposite spectrum of like anger or um, or gr- or just really just constantly living in that trauma and the only way they can process it is usually through drugs uh, or some kind of in a form they usually turn it on somebody else and it wasn't until I watched certain documentaries uh, specifically the one with surviving, I don't like saying his name, the Robert mm-hmm. fella, watching that, I never really understood domestic, not saying domestic abuse, but how they got no situations and uh, sexual assault until I watched it 
and just really listen to what they were saying and them telling the things that happened to them. I, I could tell it really happened to them because their, their, their whole body language changed and they started fidgeting. And one of them started rubbing their hands together while they were saying it. And then mm-hmm. their eyes, it, it seemed like it, when they were talking about it, it got, they got triggered and would go back into that space mm-hmm. of when it happened. And it, it took me, like, it was so many parts to it. I think the first three, I stopped watching it because I, I thought I was going to throw up by yeah. the time the one got to in terms of her doing stuff she didn't want to do. And then when she realized, like, oh, she may have under and she didn't know it and then reliving that again i thought i was gonna mm-hmm. throw up watching it and i couldn't mm-hmm. eat or drink anything because i was just internalizing that like what somebody mm-hmm. had to go through and then having to deal with the ridicule of people like well, why why wouldn't the parents there why would it's like right. always the excuse of the person being victimized but it's never the abuser the person, mm-hmm. well, why didn't you leave when he hit you first? Why didn't you? Do- mm-hmm. It's always that, but they never really look at it because they always look at it from their point of view instead of that part. And so mm-hmm. I always, from I, I think just going through my own personal things that wasn't related to that, just dealing with grieving people, it helped open up a different layer of emotions to where I can tap into somebody's situation without even experiencing it because i get those feelings of trauma Mm because it's all the same and i think people don't know how to deal with trauma if if they if they're not self-aware they don't know how to deal with it so they're subconsciously doing things to hurt Mm -hmm. themselves and they're not realizing it right that from about 2012 to about 2017 that's what i was doing was like not even realizing I was like figuring out new ways to traumatize myself, whether I was picking emotionally unavailable me and I wasn't picking anybody that was abusive, but I was picking emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was drinking beer every night. I was severely overweight. I would mm-hmm. I shouldn't say severely overweight, but I was overweight. Uh, I, that was me being dramatic. Uh, I was, you know, <laughs> you know, and like every song, I look back through some of these old music journals, I'm like, dang girl, you was sad. Like, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's again, like you said, like people, it's, it's hard for people to tap in, tap into it, you know, and like mm-hmm. I said, it took a lot of brick walls for me to really feel like, okay, this is the time I'm going to really, really really like prayed my way out of this and like but I mm. wanted to be my own like savior which was my problem I was like trying to be two steps ahead which especially if you I mean you've you've heard me talk about how I was like playing and I don't want to be a talk show host I gotta do it this way I want to mm-hmm. be a singer I gotta do it this way and so now I'm in this space of surrender where it's like hey God this is what I would love to see happen however you want to do it do it if you don't think he's right I'm cool with it and I'm seeing where that's allowing me to really be open to the things that I might have never thought I would ever do. Mm-hmm. So you you you're speaking on the next question I had in terms of you in this uh, content creator space. I think the first video of yours, I like I said, Explorers should be like a, a page I follow because that's how I randomly find people's mm-hmm. uh, Instagrams. Is well, I say Instagrams, a uh, super black. <laughs> black people always putting an S at the end of stuff. Like, well, I didn't know it wasn't an S on Kroger's because everybody I know kept saying Kroger's. And I was like, oh, it's just 
it's just singular. It's not it's not an S at the end of it. But on Instagram, people's Instagram profile, that's what I meant to say. And I just randomly stumbled upon yours and I watched it. I was watching, I was just, I was about to, you know, like how you want to scroll through, just keep randomly scrolling through. But for some reason, mm -hmm. I stopped on yours and I was like, let me see what she's talking about. Cause I didn't see the caption. I just saw your, the reel. And so I clicked on it and you started talking about music. And you were like, I, I can't remember. It was, you were talking about, I, I can't remember if it was uh, songs that I don't sing along to. I think it was like two. You did two videos before that, but you were just talking about that. And I was like, yo, she's singing. This, I don't sing along to none of them songs. Cause I, I <laughs> the Patty LaBelle one, what was it? When she said, I'm oh. a slave for you in the lyric, I was like, yeah, I don't sing along yes. to that part. That. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and I started just, and then when I, I find something I like, I just sit and watch a few videos. I was like, oh, I gotta follow this girl. Cause this is this is my kind of content here. But what, what, what started that journey? Uh, what, uh, in terms of your your content creating, what what videos did you start with that that made you want to keep doing it? It's crazy because I started okay. I started the, the first video that I can remember that like ever like kind of took off, and by took off, I mean like I had like maybe eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred followers when this video mm -hmm. came out. But it was um I did a um I was singing um I know Jay my boo. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me to do it. I got to find the video because I don't know where it is. I don't know what possessed me to do it, but it got to the, and I, I think of you. And I was mm -hmm. like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. And I was like, all, all night I sit up and think of you, Jesus. And people really like that. And I promise you, I just was cutting up. Like, all right, I was playing. And so when people started me, I was like, okay. But I was doing it all the time. I've been remaking songs my whole life. And so that same year, that Easter, Real Love, Target had the Real Love uh, in the commercial. Mm -hmm. The Real Love. You know what I'm talking about, Real Love. Yeah. And so it was a uh, Real Love. And I was like, I don't know what made me say it, but I said, if you search it for a Real Love, it died on the cross for you. <laughs> and so when people started coming, to me, like, you so funny, dude. And I was like, I, I thought I was funny. I've been thinking I was funny. But I ain't nobody ever told me I was funny. So when <laughs> I realized people thought it was funny, and it's something I do all the time anyway, I was like, I'm going to start posting more. So I did one video that like did some numbers on TikTok, and everything I did was just kind of like sporadic and chaotic and not intentional. And um, I have a business partner. We 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 create. Well, he he's a videographer and he has a videography studio. And of course, I create content. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And there was one point where he he like really just was telling me like you you could be more successful if you would get consistent. If you would figure out what do you want to do, what is your brand? Like you you kind of just mm -hmm. all over the place. He ain't saying that mean, but that's how we heard. That's how I heard. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't say it that mean, but that's how I heard it. And so right. I um I was like, okay, cool. My dog had just passed away. And I was like, this room, like where I'm at downstairs, I never used to come down here because there was my dog didn't like being down here. So this was literally like storage. I just had stuff in Okay. And so when my dog my dog had passed away, he was saying I need to get consistent. I was like, I'm just gonna get the room painted and put up some pictures. And I'm gonna make myself an office. And I did a video in here one day. And when I did that video in here, 
people, it was crazy how fast like people followed it, but it hit me like this is a look. This looks intentional. And so I just honestly started praying on like I did not want my content. My my main my mission statement in life is leave people better than you found them. I don't care if you get three minutes with them at the cash register at the Kroger. Look at me, the Kroger. At Kroger, <laughs> you need to make that three minutes count because you don't know what kind of day that person had. You don't know who's going to come after you, but you need to leave them better than they were when you saw them. And not out of my own glory, but because is I, I need people to, like, I, I, I know that joy is the best place to be if you want to be blessed. Mm-hmm. You can't be mess to be blessed so i want you to stay blessed so i want you to be joyful and if i can if god can use me to put a smile on your face i'm gonna do that and so i did not want my content to be about me singing and so that's why i stopped sing- i don't just sing a lot on my social media you know i don't do- <laughs> i don't do that you know and so i wanted it to be for people to see themselves but also to cause them to think maybe a little bit more and i just started praying like god Give, give me ideas and it scares me sometimes because I can clean up my house and turn my headphones on sorry I, I, I started just praying on ways to be uh, yeah and so like anyway yeah, I could be cleaning my house with my headphones on and a song will come on and I go ooh I don't sing that line and I can it'll just come to me like right. I don't have to I, I'm really blessed to where like because music and you get this because I love mm-hmm. music so much I, I play it all the time so I get mm-hmm. ideas all the time and mm-hmm. I, 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 in the mornings, like when it, if I post it now, there's times you'll see me post something and I'll delete it real quick. So I'm like, that's kind of fleshy. And you really mm-hmm. just thought you look cute and you trying to like look cute for somebody's son <laughs> and you need to delete that, you know, because this ain't what this is, you know. And so I will, you know, because I really want to, I really want to put out the best version of myself because the best version of myself is. The only way that I, I is the way that I feel like God can use me, and so <laughs> I I don't even remember what the main question was, but, but no, I just, you answered it. Yeah. No, it was no, you answered it in the beginning. Uh, I was just talking about like uh, what started your your content creation, and again, I think that's probably why I, I followed it too. Your your I think about it when you mentioned your pictures in the background. And I was like, yo, she seems well rounded. I was like, this lady is well rounded. Look, she got and I will uh, say, I had black all icons in the back. Yeah, you said I, what now? all of these are magazines, and I had them already. And you see, yeah. you see my you see our girl down there. She, she down there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, she's well-rounded. Got all the black female icons on. I was like, this is because I, I I do the same thing on my Insta stories. I'm always trying to post, you know, really great black figures because I it's something about certain eras that I look at, I like looking at the 40s and 50s because I'm like, man, they went through all that different trauma dealing with racism and all that stuff and they still found a way to to just present themselves as best they could because it was so hard for them to get jobs and I always, always think about that, like they had the blacks only, the whites only, fountains and restrooms and restaurants and they had to go through all that and they still persevered, like with Harry Belafonte, always like a great uh, icons like that and, and uh, James Earl Jones, Diane Carroll, you know, Falana yes. is just like classic black figures like that I love posting about. And I like trying to find pictures of them when they were at party and gatherings with black folks. It's like, oh, I'm around my people. Let's, let's have yes. fun. Let's drink. I like seeing pictures like that in their element 
like I, I posted a picture of Whitney Houston with Ashford and Simpson and Roberta Flack in the the video in the picture, and they look fun and just because they were because they probably uh, during that time period they probably around a lot of uppity white people that wanted the, their image to be a certain way. So when they finally got in gatherings with other yes. black musical figures that did the same music as them or they were inspired by, they could probably just cut loose. The black people we just we just got a communal. Uh, essence about us to where it don't yeah. matter where we are in the world we just connect with each other because we all come from the not saying mm -hmm. that we come from the same class or the same background but it's just certain things that the we roots, do the, root, the roots saying. of us like we know what a hot cone smell like we know yeah. we know <laughs> we know we know what those we know what murray grease is like is it certain things about us the way we connect Mm -hmm. as people it just it don't matter where we are what age we are because for me i'm kind of i don't know if it's a racist thing or not but i always help black uh elderlies in the store i, I do yeah. for white people too but it's for black people but if it's somebody younger it's like nah young and you go you go have to fend for yeah. yourself if you 17 18 figure it out but it's like an elder i always gonna help in the store because they remind me of my my grandmother and my grandfather and i'm like oh i'm gonna yeah. help them but yeah, I need to work that out in therapy because I don't know if I'm kind of racist. <laughs> That's well, like reverse okay, racism. You went, uh, you went, you went blatantly passed by an old white lady. If she got a, if she, as long as she ain't got a a, a, a mega hat on or a, a mega sticker, it's like, lady, figure it out. Because I definitely, it was a, a guy with a, a all eyes police matter shirt on. I didn't know I was holding the door. Then as soon as I seen it, I let it go because I'm like, nah, bro. Ain't no, ain't, we, we ain't going with that. I definitely did that. That's a true story to the listeners. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I play this game with all the guests. Okay, it's I called the. Games. Yes, uh, I curated this game some years ago, and I, I've tweaked it uh, as uh, in present time. I've tweaked it a little bit, but basically, it's called the "What's Wrong with You" game. It's an either-or game. Uh, I make up the rules as I go. Uh, <laughs> it's not, it's it's not it. <laughs> right. It's not artist comparison. I always try to get them out of here because I see the guests, they be thinking and they think that, oh, it's about vocals and who's the best. No, I just simply want to know who do you play more on your playlist? Just okay. either or. Okay, so the first one is Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass. Ooh. Teddy Pendergrass. There we go. Okay, the next one is the OJ. <laughs> no, go ahead. What was you about to say? Oh, I didn't know. No, it's a it's a rapid fire game. Sort of, kind of, yeah. You can yeah, add commentary if you want to. It don't matter. The next one is the OJs or the Whispers. Ooh, the Whispers specifically. There we go. I wanna make you my wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's sister, the one. My, my, my little sister, now I gotta comment on this. My sister has a list of five songs that are appropriate for my proposal. That's on there. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to help the man. That's yeah. on there. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Listen. You, I usually don't care with that one, but you get bonus points for that because because most people pick uh, Marvin Gaye and uh, OJ's. But you get bonus points because Whispers, that's my group right there. They got uh, hits that stick like Cold Grit. It just, it just. Oh, yeah. that's my my go-to show every year. I got to see them in concert. <laughs> they be they be getting it. the the Scott Brothers. 
I didn't know they sung at the same time. That blew my mind when I knew that. I think <laughs> it was the whispers. Was it the whispers that um, Phyllis Hyman was supposed to do that last concert with? When did the whispers? I, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Because I think they were, they were talking about it on Tank's uh, podcast. It may it may have been. I gotta look that up. Okay. But yeah, Phyllis Hyman, man. I could I could I could go on her too because she they said she I was like hilarious. Miss living all alone. Yeah. Like yes. And you know how to love me. That's my jam right there from Phyllis Hyman. Ooh, I love that song. If you ever see me on Instagram singing that, just know it's, it's a he a goner. I'm in love. <laughs> <Go on>. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the jail. Woo, R.I.P. Phyllis, we love you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, the next one is Rick James or Prince? Ooh. Prince. There we go. Like I said, those were trick questions. Either one you would have picked in those, you would have got it right. Like I said, I make up the rules as I go. <laughs> Another rule I made up is... This is okay. This is part of the game. Those were the easy ones. This is kind of part of the game right here, where it's kind of a roller coaster ride, because those are the easy ones. Now we have the part where you have to get all these right, or you get what's wrong with you. No pressure. Oh, now I get the name of the game. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of on the roller coaster ride right here. This is the one. It, I'm gonna start. I say I feel it more in my stomach than y'all will, because y'all just telling y'all truth. I feel it on my stomach if y'all don't answer right. But <laughs> okay. This is Michael Jackson specific. Off the wall or thriller. Okay, so don't fight me. Tell me two songs on each one so I make sure I'm choosing right. Off the wall, um, man, I always go with the album cuts, but uh, Rock With You. I should know Rock With You is on Off the Wall. I'm trying to think of the next single. I can't help it. <laughs> no, it's like the the medium pro. Uh, <laughs> it might it, not quite Jerry Curl yet. It's about medium afro. Uh, Michael, so I'm gonna look the track list and make an informed decision because you're not gonna ask me what's wrong with me. I can't help it. I can't help it. That's the, uh, out of my life. Get okay, on the okay. floor. Okay, and, or Thriller. Thriller. What was on Thriller? Make sure I just don't. Pyt. Uh, baby, be mine. Okay, so here's the problem here's that I'm seeing that you're running into. Uh, thriller. She really has her phone out looking to the listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got my phone out looking at the track list, so I don't want to get this wrong. Okay. She, she's I, very serious right now in this game. I'm going to say Thriller. <laughs> it's Thriller. Are, are you sure? Look at the list again. I'm looking at it because it's got, maybe it's just human it's also got okay. the girl is mine. It's got beat it. It's got Billy Jean. Come on. Okay, do me a, do me a favor real quick. I know you look at the list right now, but I need you to put that phone down. Put it to the side real quick. Put it to the side. Don't even look that way. Okay, since you you were supposed to pick what I picked, the rules of the game is you pick what the host picks, and you didn't do that. And so, uh, got ex- I'm gonna be nice. I, I always say five songs. But I'm gonna be nice and say you got 15 seconds to name me three uh, songs off a of thriller. I beat it, <laughs> Billie Jean, and Human Nature. 
No, 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 say the first one. Say it again. Beat it. No. <laughs> I it's shouldn't even ask you. I should have stopped you as soon as you looked at it. Because I was like, you should probably memorize these. Because <laughs> you were singer. I know you memorized the list. Because y'all can remember lyrics and stuff within like 30 minutes. I was like, I know. I, I was like, man, I should Three more songs. I ain't even going <laughs> I know, right? I thought about that. I should have stopped you as soon as you looked at the list. Okay, I was like, I oh, man. Okay, now I know. Okay, now I know. No, you're good. Okay, so you name me three songs. You don't get a what's wrong with you, but you do get negative 17 points because you're supposed to pick what I pick because that's the rules of the game. You're not going to get a what's wrong with you, but you do get negative 17 <laughs> points because the rules of the game is you pick what I pick. So the, ne- <laughs> the next one is Miss Patty LaBelle or... Miss Aretha Franklin. Why would you do this? It's hey, that's how the, that's the rules. So that's these the game. My Patty LaBelle. I was confident in my Patty LaBelle, and I feel like you're gonna. What's wrong with me, me? But I have to go with Miss Aretha Franklin. I have to, and I'm gonna tell okay. you, it's specifically Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh. Honestly, anything she touched, the Amazing Grace album, the whole album. Come on now, my cousin mm-hmm. was in the in the in the choir. You can't do this to me. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's funny you knew I was gonna pick uh, that. Patty was the 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 pick the choice in uh, this part of the game. Okay, now, listen. Already, I said already. Oh, go ahead. Go what you was about to say. At first, when you first said Patty, I was hands down Patty because one of my favorite performances of all time is Patty LaBelle's You Are My Friend at the Apollo Theater in 1994. And Deborah, I forget her last name, but her background singer Deborah opened up that song. That right, that video, my sister and I memorized every ad lib, every kickoff of a shoe that Patty did in that performance. So I do love her. I do have some of her records, and they are my personal. But Aretha gets it for me. She gets it. Listen, I already anticipated. Right, right, right. I anticipated you was going to say Aretha because, again, I watched your content <laughs> and I knew how big of an Aretha fan, so I'm not surprised. But but the conjunction, I had to add that in there. But you didn't pick what I picked because you were supposed to pick Miss Patty LaBelle. Since you didn't do that, and we're not going off of, I know your family is a family history with it. That's lovely. That's great. I love the <laughs> honesty that y'all give with with why y'all have such a reverence and affinity for these artists. But the rules are that you have to pick who you play more on your playlist. So are you saying you play more Miss Aretha than Patty? Okay, I can believe you. I believe yeah. you on that. Okay, so you didn't pick what I picked. So again, with the rules with the MJ one, you got... 15 seconds to name me three Aretha Franklin songs. Go ahead. Timer started. It Hurts Like Hell. Don't Play That Song. She did a cover of Let It Be. Don't, I already said don't play that song. Chain of Fools. Respect. Bridge Over Troubled Water. You're All I Need to Get By. Okay. Okay. No you name about, yeah, you named about six, seven. Oh, yeah. That's the one right there. Got sis, uh-huh. Miss Sissy Houston hitting them high notes in the back. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. 
you you named about seven. You named about seven. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, that her range. Man, people don't talk about that so much because a lot of people they can full range uh, in their full voice. She didn't sing full voice. It was just she was just in the rafters with that kind of falsetto that that pitch. She's always on top of the note. A lot of people can't sing her songs and stay on top of the note uh, without, you know, trying to change it a little bit. But yeah, okay, I ain't mad at it. You name uh, 17 Aretha songs. You, you're supposed to name three, but you named about 18, 20. It's fine. You know, you didn't you didn't pick what I picked. You named, you did what I suggested and named three songs. So again, you don't get what's wrong with you, but do you do get a negative 10 points? Because you were supposed to pick what I picked. I'm at negative 27. Okay. Yes, you at negative 27. The next one, I got a good feeling. The next one. <laughs> okay. Don't be here. The next one is Brian McKnight oh. or Babyface. Brian McKnight. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't explain the rules uh, fully. I should have <laughs> said this in the beginning. I always forget this when we get to this part. Okay. Uh, like I said, with playlists catalog matters so the yeah. production and songwriter credits you can also add that to your suggestion in, in your in your pick of the artist the, the catalog if they've done production and songwriting on somebody's album you can add that to the list as well if you listen to it on your playlist and while I do listen to a lot of Babyface inspired records Brian McKnight is so you saying that you don't listen yeah. to Karen White, you don't listen to Tony Braxton, you don't listen to I do, you know, I listen to them, but they you you But that counts. Huh? That counts in the, the playlist. It does, but I literally listen to Brian McKnight every I and I will you want to look at names of Brian because I love him. The album cuts, the superhero album, get over you, track number eight. Okay, I feel you. Okay, you know, I mean, uh, okay, we have the part. I thought, I thought, I thought we were musically. I've, I've never had a guest that was like, oh no, I still rock with Brian after oh, I named Tony oh, Braxton boy. and Karen White and after seven, after I named them artists. They was like, oh, that he did those. No, I, but I, me, I, okay, I, my baby face, you're gonna, sticking with. I listen, I ain't gonna lie, I listen to a lot of. Between Tony Braxton and I, hell, I listen to uh, two occasions every day. The okay. So, so, I guess I could make it easy and just say Babyface's solo records and Brian, but I don't want to do that. It's cheating. I know it's cheating. I'm very aware that it's cheating to add his catalog in there with production songwriting, but I don't care. I want the Babyface W, so. <laughs> uh, so. I mean, I got okay. How about this? I'm gonna give it to Babyface just off the fact that between the Way to Exhale soundtrack, I listened to it so much. Hurts like hell. Mm -hmm. I think Aretha Franklin did some of her most beautiful singing. Um, and you know, I listen. I ain't gonna lie. I listen to. I listen to. And he wrote "Broken Hearted Girl" for Beyonce. And I'm mm -hmm. one of the few people who like I am Sasha Fierce. I like that. Album. <laughs> It's, Man, I, I those fans is hard on her records. The, it's like the albums I love. They was like, oh, the four album. Who listens to that? I'm like, I do. Four is the best one. <laughs> yeah, they don't even like that album. They like, no, it's a B Day like, or the way Beyonce stuff. Like. But they love Renaissance. 
I'm like, school and life was just as fun and joyful. But now y'all want to be happy. Oh. <laughs> okay, you know, so. Baby face, if we're going to go, I can go, I can, I can get with, yeah. And but if you're, if you're a dedicated Brian McKnight fan, I can give you that, but. Okay, I'll give you, okay. You had negative 27. I'm going to give you a plus 30 just for being a real Brian McKnight fan because you was bringing up extra, extra uh, actual album cuts. And so I believe you when you say you're Brian. Just the honesty. That's all I want from y'all is the honesty. And I feel like you were honest. So you get plus 30. So you starting off great on a good foot with three points. Oh, <laughs> you out of the negative. The, the way he do his runs and stuff. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, the next one is I almost forgot the list. Uh, uh, SWV or Escape. Escape. <laughs> okay. Oh, we are. Okay, I feel like we're we're it really inching at a what you you probably the first guest this year where you're really inching at a, a what's wrong with you because I'm I'm I listen I was trying to forgive you and make ways for the baby face of Brian tonight but we just we just can't I just can't make an exception this is the one I feel so strongly about <laughs> now, I, I can't I can't go ahead I was not as versed in their music as some of my friends because my friends had younger moms. My mama was listening to Anita Baker. And so by the time I was old enough to listen to R&B music, Monica was out. Brandy was out. You know, so I wasn't really in the singing groups I love was Destiny's Child and TLC. So a lot of the stuff I learned, now Escape, run to the arms of the one who loves you. That's gonna always be softest place on earth. You you picking a lot of ballads. You got any, I, uh, I they like got up tempos and catalog. I like uh, ballads though. So besides the not, tempos and ballads. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I love. A I'm good, not a ballad girl. A sad song make me cry. <laughs> uh -uh. Nah. I used to skip That's, to this to find the slow song. <laughs> See, that was me. I was always That's skipping like it because I was a good time. That's why I was always in a club. You didn't go to the clubs, did you? When you became of age, did you? Was you a clubber? I, I, well, I wasn't a clubber. I was a partier because I liked frat boys in college. Okay. I was about to say, because usually people that just like the, you know, bop in the corner, you know, sit down, you know, you know, babysit, they drink a little bit. And I should have known because you said you wanted to be in a bad boy video. So I should have <laughs> known you wanted to sit down. <laughs> I said yeah, up tempos. Listen, SWV, that was a part of the, the experience. The, the This right here, the, in the video, like they was doing all that in the video. I, I, I was like, you know. Speaking of them notes, them 90s notes is, oh man, I, to be honest with you, it wasn't to uh, the verses with Monica versus Brandy where it reminded me that I can't listen to her first album because uh, <laughs> it makes me laugh with all those 90s notes. Because don't nobody sing like that no more. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, she was hitting them Hezekiah Walker lead singer church noise. 
them, them notes. Like, you can tell she was 15 and somebody just let her in the studio. She was like, wait, I can hear myself. They said she was 12 singing uh, when that when those songs were released, they were 12. I was like, man, Monica had bold ginger ale vocals at 12. That's crazy. <laughs> she was talking about like this. She was like, don't mean to take it out on you. Ooh, I was like, about to say like this, like that. I couldn't remember the lyrics to it. I won't take it from Oh man, Brandy said <laughs> Brandy said something in that verses that made me laugh. <laughs> she made me laugh because I don't think she was trying to be intentionally funny, but she said something that I, I had to pull over because I was crying. She was like, uh, or Monica was like, Broken Hearted was her favorite um, Brandy song. And she was like, why you make Monica ask her? Why did you make that face? She was like, no, because I was going through that weird vocal change. And you know, she was like, "Cause you know, your voice always been strong." It was just the way she said "always" made me just bend over laughing. I was like, I had Hebrew tears. I was crying for like twenty minutes. I had to pause the Instagram live and just exit out of it because I was crying. Cause I thought about I like this and like that. She was like, "Yo, crying, it's always been strong." It was just the way she said "always" made me laugh. Was, I was. <laughs> My favorite Monica song was Inside. It was on the Boys Mind album. And she held this note, Inside, but she was holding it. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to learn to hold notes like Monica. Like, she's yeah. Yeah, she had she had a lot of passion. A lot of passion. Yes. At 12 years old, and then it progressed. And, uh, at t- bold ginger vocals, like I said. Uh, that's insane. But <laughs> Escape, you still did Okay, so you... Nah, this can't be true. So you got you listen to more escape songs than SWV. To be fair, I barely listen to either one of them. Okay, we get to the truth. So but, what you feel about what you feel about SWV singles though? Because they got the they got the jams. I, I can't think of one I can't think of one song off their album that ain't a jam. The thing is, I just don't know them. And when I hear them, oh, man. I, I don't, you know, I, I I, I have a friend who's a big SWV fan and she really was putting me on and I was listening to him and I liked them, but it's just, it's everything. Now I like weak a lot because it's slower. Mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. harmonies. I think mm-hmm. they are all very talented. I just don't know enough of the music and it's all fast and, and you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to... <laughs> oh um, man. See, I, man, I guess we just because I watch TV a lot. Cause so it was like back then, SWV was that group. It was like they was they always were, see, on they, TV. Okay. When did okay? I'm gonna look up SWV like when? Cause what year was that? I just really they came out in 19. Well, you probably was like two or three when they came out. It was in 90, 1992 when they came yeah, out. Yeah, see, no, I was I was uh, uh-uh. I'm I'm 32 right now. <laughs> Listen, I I was late. Late 80s out here, but still, you, SWV was always mama, superior. Mama was, yeah, my mama was listening to uh, Nick Baker <laughs> and Jeffrey Osborne. You want to be Jeffrey? <laughs> yeah, I know that. Oh, she was listening to all the balladeers. <laughs> Freddie Jackson. <clears throat> it was somebody I know, the journalist was saying that everybody's parents before New Jack Swing came in, had all they had to dance to was 
Jam Tonight by Freddie Jackson. I laughed for like 30 minutes. That is so funny. <laughs> this is just a simple one, two step song. It ain't really a song you dance to. It's just like, <laughs> that's all they had. I love that song. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite. Angela Wimbush, but I don't like listening to it though. Once I watched the Unsung, I kind of feel away about. I kind of listen more Angela Wimbush because she had a kind of domestic situation with uh, Renee, and yeah, I, I didn't know that until I watched Unsung, and I felt the way about it. I was like, man, this dude with these big old eyes, he got some Jermaine Dupri eyes. They just they just bulge out. I was like, I was like, oh man, I can't listen to this stuff. <laughs> no, what sorry. is wrong with you, Jermaine Dupri? Listen. Listen, uh, Sky. If you spend a little bit more time with me, you go see there's everything wrong with me. It's just I'm, I'm very much. I got bored again, hooligan on my Twitter name. Is it? That's just who I am. I embrace it. It's just a part of me. I, I just can't deny it. I'm, I'm very much trying to contain myself and not go too much because I know your audience. You know, is you know they they can't they probably won't be able to take a person like me if i fully let myself out but just know it's in there hey, somewhere. we we like authenticity so just be <laughs> so you pick escape okay i'm gonna be nice because you 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 spoke to three songs you already named three songs and i believe you when you say it so just to be nice i was gonna give you more negative points but i'm just gonna give you negative two you still got one point so okay. we can you can still turn this around Five is my favorite, one of my favorite. Okay. Okay. So the next one is Jodeci or Boys the Men. You finna be mad at me. You finna be mad? No. Nah, I already know I feel, it. I feel like I know what you're gonna say. Let's not wait till the water runs dry. I knew you were going, I knew you were gonna pick them because you don't see. This is the thing. I can tell what y'all gonna pick. Not saying that like it's a judgmental game, but I feel like I can kind of assess people well. Cause you don't seem like cause Jodeci is for the ones is that that like to skip school when they yep. came out and you got uh ratchet, you like the roughneck dudes that that you know you, you, you know you them, them hood girls that they got the, the cigarette carton but they got they keep they they uh, driver's license inside of it. Like you don't seem like <laughs> You don't seem like that kind of <laughs> that hood rat. And then boys diminished for the girls that went to church, but they like to, you know, sneak off with their boyfriend and then get back to school on time. Like they ain't gonna do too much. They good girl, but they ain't gonna they kind of find that line of good girl. Yeah, right, exactly. They know how to, you know, finesse it a little bit. But Jodeci is for <laughs> the ones that yeah, like to Jodeci is for the girls that wanted to get them goals too. <laughs> Jodeci is for the girls that got they get their boyfriend name tatted on them, and when they break up, they put Junior at the end of it. That, that's who Joe seeks. Okay, so I, <laughs> I knew she was. <laughs> I can keep going. I ain't gonna keep. <laughs> I got more than that. I ain't gonna keep. <laughs> but you pick boys. <laughs> you pick boys to men. I knew you were gonna pick that. Okay, I might give you plus five for that. Uh, if you name me your top favorite uh, songs on your playlist, name me your top three boys to men, and you may get some some bonus. Ooh, um, thank you in advance. Uh, oh, of course, doing just fine. Okay, okay. Um, 
I already sang Water Runs Dry, so I won't say that one. I'll say, oh, duh. Well, on Bending Knee, I've been lately like, feel like realizing that song is kind of toxic. Yeah, it is very much toxic. Because it's like, why are you going through all that? And you could have acted okay. right in the beginning. <laughs> oh, and Color of Love. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're picking the, the cuts. And then you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I got All right. You pick this one. Get, get upstairs. Okay. Listen, I believe you. You picked some good ones right there. Okay. You get a bonus 10 points. Because you pick you, you pick some good ones. So, okay. We at the bonus round now. Okay. Faith Evans or Mary J. Blige. What am I going based off of? What's the what am I picking? Based off of? I make up the rules as I go. So okay. <laughs> so <laughs> whose whose debut album do you like better? Uh Faith's or Mary's? Okay, now you know that I ain't have neither one of them debut albums. But Oh man. Faith. Okay, listen, you got plus fifty right there. Yes. Plus fifty. That's what you were supposed to pick was Faith. Because yep. most people, listen, Faith's debut album is just straight gospel R&B. She got these Hezekiah Walker background harmonies that mix with the Karen Clark slash Clark sister. Just different nuances and ad-libs. Oh, my God. She was singing about heartbreak, pain, and love. But I believed every word of it. Mary was, too. Yes. I feel like Mary got the best sophomore album in my life. And Faith has the better debut Mary's was more hip hop and R&B, so she was kind of all over the place. The music was kind of all over the place. So, and she don't really care for it like that. She liked my life better than what's the 411. That I'm not saying she's saying that, but the way she she sings that she sings my life more at her concerts than some of the mm -hmm. she sings more of the remixes of the what's the 411 singles. But you you got it. You got 50 off yeah. that. Okay, I'm gonna add another mm -hmm. bonus. Uh, tweet or uh, Ashanti? You ain't have to say nobody else. Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't have to okay, say nobody fifth. else. Plus 50 when again. Okay. Again, I... Yes. That is me again. Yes. Album. Oh, album. My heart is racing like the... No. My heart is melting like the winter snow. Yes. Yeah. Sweet man, gospel harmonies. She got them quartet style harmonies. That's why I really I like her music. Go ahead. So when I was in sixth grade, my sister got me Sweet Southern Southern Hummingbird album. It just came out, and I love Sweet when I first saw her. So, anyways, my I learned the song "Smoking Cigarettes," and I mm -hmm. I don't know what possessed me to do it, but in my sixth grade math class, I just got up and was like. Cause I can't forget your ways I still remember I And I got put out the class Because she said it was inappropriate <laughs> But that told me she knew the song Right, right She knew the song Ain't that how yeah, it is Yeah <laughs> Smoking cigarettes tonight Woo. Oh, probably because of the smoking cigarettes part She was <laughs> like, I just did that before I came I to this class so how you Oh <laughs> She had the album <laughs> She had the, she bought the album when it came out. That's why. <laughs> Listen, I have determined 
we at the end of the game. I've determined there is nothing wrong with Miss Sky Harris. She won the game. Uh, listen, I, I believe everything she said. I just want to get to the truth most of the time of the game. I kind of put y'all on the hot seat. Like uh, I'm a defendant and <laughs> defendant defense lawyer, and y'all, <laughs> I'll be I'll just be trying to pressure y'all to get to the truth. But you was honest. You you <laughs> survived the hot seat of the what's wrong with you game, and you won. Uh, the consolation prize are always you know cash up, you know, because we have always have immaculate guests on like yourself, and I feel like it's necessary to just do something special for y'all. So I will cash up you two dollars and twenty nine cents so you can get. The, the finest beverage at your local convenience store, you know, just ball out, do Give your me thing. Give ginger ale from the racetrack. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Just all, all that, all that. <laughs> you know, this is so much fun. Thank you so much uh, for coming on this podcast. Uh, man, through this whole interview, <clears throat> you had me, excuse me, you had me really process and everything you were saying and your whole journey with music and the things that you accomplished. We even get to your business, but everything that uh, you were mentioning before with wanting to do a talk show and doing uh, singing, I feel like you're doing it now with your content because it, it just seamlessly, you the things that you do, you just commuting to if you're going to handle business or you just at home and it just naturally go shows through on the camera and i say people like you that do this kind of work always associated with like you talked about anita baker like it's the shot it's certain artists that have they make like soul imprints like you you hear it and you just they just transport you and they just take you on a uh just a ascension just just out of mind and physical being is just is just a soul imprint to where it just touches and I feel like you do that kind of work. You make soul imprint content. And I think people just really connect with that because you're connected to your purpose and your journey I think is all intertwined. I feel like people always try to try to tell you to pick one thing and all that, but it's like you you find your journey and they doing things like that's outside of what it is. It's always connected, whether you think it is or not. But I think you doing all those things simultaneously is leading people to you, which is purpose driven. And I think it's dope. The Thank only you. thing that, no problem. The only thing I can't forgive you on is cause it wasn't until I watched your Insta story and I saw you with this, but I can't, I, I just, I feel like I gotta blame you for this new obsession now that I have with these cream cookies at this grocery no! store. I got one right. I got it right here. I, I wasn't, I, I got this at my local, I like oatmeal cookies and they got one, a cream sandwich cookie. And I blame you for this cause I bought like eight of them this week and I was supposed okay, to be on so a is fast. The cream, is the cream frosting or is it whipped cream? You probably like the whipping. I like the frosting. I like the frosting. No, I like the frosting. Okay, so yes, frosting. That's what it is. I blame you for this. I, I got. I, I can't forgive you for this. I feel like you started this because I wasn't. I wasn't on this journey. This is the last one I had, literally, and because I've eaten seven of them, I was on a fast, and you just, you just completely ruined it when I. I'm for you. <laughs> you to be honest. One of the ladies at my church told me she's been praying for me with the cookie sandwiches. 
When I tell you I ain't seen them in my Kroger in the last two weeks. <laughs> Listen, I'm probably going to put them away because I ain't ate too many of them. I know it's wasteful to some uh our African-American community to do this, but I'm grown now. Okay, so I can throw, I can throw away food I don't want. I going to say, Q Lynn cookie sandwich touch. I, I, we just go, if they got a cookie, I, I'm I'm a, take them out of your store. Listen, I go on fast all the time. Like, I could do 60-day, 90 fast and not eating. I'm trying to go completely vegan. Like, I could stop eating meat when I want to. Sugar, I went on a, during COVID, I went on a 200-day fast. I swear to you, the last day of my fast, I smelled some, like, homemade donuts, and I gave in. I was like, it just, the smell hit my, I knew I was in desperate measures mode, like, days before, when I wanted a Mounds or Almond Joy, because I hate yeah. coconut, but I was, I was I was in desperate measures mode for, for sugar and I was now looking see, at I don't see, even like coconut. It's a demon. I had it, but no, it's just the 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 you know like you get that, that salivating feeling when you see I didn't even have to smell it. It was just like oh man, Your desperate measures. Remembered. Your brain remembered. <laughs> and I don't even I have never had a mounds of almond joy since like the nineties. The so it was it was random that I, I, I was like I gotta got kick him. this shit. Yeah, they they got them at they got them at the convenience stores randomly. Almond Joys, they still sell them. Where the old it just, <laughs> That's where all the old people. That's that's the old I people candy. candy. That's they market. I used to, <laughs> yes, that and the Mr. Good Bar and uh, the Babe Ruths. If you still eat the the Musketeers, them is old people snacks right there. <laughs> Mr. Good Bar, I do. I like Mr. Good Bar. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely, you definitely got to. See, I, I haven't had Kit Kat since I was a kid. See, it's like it's like candy sweets now. We in a whole different uh, dimension, y'all, in this podcast talking about uh, snacks. No, you good. No, you it, I, I, no, but yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely throwing this away because I'm supposed to be on a fast. And the sugar, the sugar is is I ain't lost weight during COVID, and you make you about to make me gain it all back. I couldn't wear the shirt before COVID. <laughs> hey, I can wear that. Put the sandwich in the trash. I'm throwing it. I'm literally gonna throw it away because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Okay, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And like I said, your soul imprint, your your work is soul imprint. It it, it leaves an impression of just somebody. Not saying you got it all together because we all go through things, go through life. But again, you have. A, a commanding spirit to where that makes people want to tune in and tap into it and you're so personable and you you refer to all your supporters as friends something is crazy though i wouldn't i i don't like doing that because people get too personal with you think they know you you know and they, they be do. all in your business and it's like all right you don't know me like that it's like i, I, I think i shared too much with you <laughs> yeah. you think you know me too much but i respect yeah. it though because you you have that that inviting energy that it's like you would want to be around that person and you want to talk to them and you you just have an authentic energy about you and I support your content, love your content. Is there anything uh, the listeners should be looking out for if they have any projects you're working on? Uh, yeah, so my, by the time this, yeah, by the time this comes out, Hey Friend merch will be out officially. So I have workout Hey Friend shirts. and So you can go out and be the light in somebody's life. <laughs> you know, right. it's the, literally the best conversation starter. Um, I mean, and then also I have my From Niece to Auntie mockumentary series that I'm just kind of like, 
gonna be putting some of that content out and uh just a, a lot more comedic content and a lot more risks mm-hmm. to be taken. Uh so I'm excited about that for sure. Well, I can't wait for the merch. I'm definitely gonna get in on that. But yeah, uh where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at reaching for the number four sky sky um and my website is reaching for sky.com again the number four and on youtube reaching for sky you can search there too so yeah it's pretty easy um but yeah yeah no thank you for having me i really i really enjoy i really did enjoy you so i appreciate it no problem y'all tune into the soul sadness podcast once again thank you miss sky for coming on And we'll be back the next episode. We out, y'all. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the sounds of Soul Savviness Podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.